Hello and welcome to Gilmore Ball Z's bonus episodes. This week, because of your generous contributions to the Gohan and Rory Fund, uh, we had to watch Jenny's Wedding. We did. Which stars Alexis Bledel as Catherine Heigl's longtime partner turned fiancé turned wife. Theodore Roosevelt, famed president of the United States, gave a, f- a speech called the Man in the Arena speech where he said that it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or how the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man in the arena. And this is a quote that's usually used to say, you know what, if you go out and do something and someone critiques you, they didn't do anything. You were the one who risked it all. You went out and that is nobler and mightier. Uh, So as the man outside of the arena, I'm going to say this movie sucked. This movie sucked so hard, Grant. Yeah, uh I I'm going to I'm going to make a a statement. I think this is the worst movie that we have covered in the bonus episodes. Yeah, I I think the thing that it reminded me most of and we can get to like the plot and everything later. Um but I have watched one or two bad Christian movies in my time and I've seen clips from more. This is like the, you know, <laughs> the secular left homosexual agendas version of a bad Christian movie. You know, I have not watched ba- many bad Christian movies in my day, but I still like I still 100% understand what you are saying and agree. So, let's just get to the plot real quick. The plot can be described very succinctly. Yeah, just really quickly, I am going through our old stuff. And, yeah, no, I would say this is definitely weaker than both of the Magic Pants movies. Oh, this is definitely the weakest Gilmore Girls entry. Even Um, weaker than Magic Pants 2, which was a pretty weak movie. Oh, but was this movie worse than Dragon Ball Evolution? Was it worse than Super Android 13? These are questions I am not benefited by asking myself. Oh. Because then I have to acknowledge where I wasted my time most, and that's very difficult to do. So just to to give the audience a chance to know what we're talking about. Uh, Jenny's wedding, it's important to state, was made in 2015. Uh, so five years ago, where, as all of you remember, most of us were on, on board with gay marriage. Um, yeah, it, this, yeah. so for those of you who don't have your timelines exact or are from outside the U.S. and don't know, uh, gay marriage was legalized throughout the U.S. in 2014. So this movie was made relatively shortly after gay marriage was legalized in all 50 states. The p- plot of this movie is that Katherine Heigl plays a woman named Jenny. Jenny is supposedly out to all of her friends who we never meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has a good, solid career as a social worker helping out kids. So she is a good lady. She has a dog. She has uh, a longtime partner named Kitty, played by Alexis Bledel. Uh, I don't know why they didn't just call her Bambi and get it over with. They have a dog together. They have a nice apartment. Everything seems to be going well. Uh, but after going to the christening of her niece, uh, which we can get into later, uh, she decides that she wants, and like talking to her parents about it, she wants what her siblings have. She wants a wedding. She wants a marriage. She wants kids. So she proposes to Katie in the least romantic proposal scene ever. It's more like, you want to get married? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Like they talk, the the way they have the conversation is almost like they're already engaged. Yeah, it's very, but at the same time, they're saying like, I never thought we'd have this conversation. 
Yeah, like it, it, it's definitely not that they were already engaged, but just they they're so matter of fact about it. It's yeah, it's a strange scene because it's definitely a scene where for the majority of it, Catherine Heigl and Alexis Bledel did not film it together. No, this is the first scene we see of Kitty and Jenny together and they are not in the same room. Like, and... there are one or two shots where they're both sitting across the same table, but, like, the actual conversation is all in, like, talking head cuts that makes me feel like they weren't filmed together. No, well, and just the stutteriness of conversation made it felt, feel like they weren't together. So, Jenny is out to everybody except her parents. And, so she and her decides, siblings, just her family. And her siblings, just her, her core family and, like, her core family's friends, because they're all gossipy. So she comes out to her parents. Her parents tell, like, separately two scenes of her coming out to her parents. They both get mad at her for lying by not mentioning that she had a girlfriend and by letting her, or letting them believe that she had boyfriends over the years that they never met and that they made up. Uh, So it's her fault for not coming out before this. It's very weirdly shamey about not coming out to your family. Yeah, like, there's... Like, how dare you not come out to your homophobic family? And, like, okay, the whole point is that the family doesn't take it well, and I could, like, I feel weird talking about the, like, how realistic or unrealistic this movie is when we are both straight people who have never had to come out as anything. Right. But I would believe that you've been lying to us about who you are is a thing that sometimes families say when a gay person comes out to them and they don't take it well. Like, I believe that. But then there's a scene later, like one of the three scenes of Jenny and Kitty together where Kitty also refers to it as lying. Yeah. Kitty is just weirdly unsupportive through this whole movie. So Alexis Bledel, the reason we're watching this movie, appears in like four scenes, maybe. Like for a movie called Jenny's Wedding... Jenny's girlfriend is not important, or Jenny's partner yeah, is not important. Yeah, we figured that if she's playing the fiancé in a movie about a gay wedding, that she would have a lot of screen time, but she she genuinely never interacts with any other character except Jenny, and it's, yeah, it's like maybe four or five scenes tops of them actually interacting with each other. Which is really disappointing because I feel like you could have gotten a little more depth out of this movie by having her also interacting with the family. Oh, you could have gotten more depth out of your movie, this movie, in a lot of ways. And we can talk about that in a minute. Like, but just the fact is that anytime Jenny has to have a difficult conversation with her family, and the family knows Kitty, like they've, like they've known Kitty as her roommate for years and they like Kitty. Anytime there's a difficult conversation, Kitty nopes yeah, out Kitty of there immediately. immediately. Like, Kitty doesn't say, like, hey, do you want me in there? And she says, no. Kitty's like, no, I'm not dealing with this. Nope, I'm out. Goodbye. Yeah. So, okay. So she comes out to her parents, and her parents take it badly. And her mom specifically is like, you can't tell the rest of the family because it'll it'll hurt me. And it'll change everything. And nothing will ever be the same again. And yeah. it's just, it's bullshit. And so there's like a whole thing where Jenny's like, I don't know, I'm going to go along with what mom wants for a little bit and let them ease into it. But then her sister, because she has a brother and a sister, her sister sees... Who is gossipy. Yeah, her super gossipy sister. Who feels unloved. Who feels unloved and is high all the time. 
Um, <laughs> now like, that this is actually a plot point. This is but, not. Yeah, that's not a plot point. But I, it feels like this is the only way the actress got through the movie. The whole. Well, okay. Here's the family, right? <laughs> the dad. Like, none of this is on screen, but this is the way they act, and it's the way, it's, the movie's more fun to watch if you think about it this way. (laughs) The dad is drunk all the time. Yes. Uh, the mom is on probably the wrong mix of anti-anxiety meds all the time. Fair. And the sister is high all the time. And the brother is just not present enough for it to matter. Yeah, the brother is in two scenes, uh, so it doesn't matter. Um, so the sister sees her shopping for wedding dresses with with, with Kitty, Kitty and sees her kiss Kitty, and so then she's like, "Oh no, Jenny's gay!" And so she goes to their mom and is like, "I saw Jenny kissing a lady at the Nordstrom. She's gay." <laughs> and and her mom's like, "Yeah, I know." And it's like, "What you knew and you didn't tell me? It's always been you, you always against have a me, secret mom. club. I have a whole other conflict that is only getting <laughs> mentioned now for it to blow up and have it never met- happen again, mom." Um, so she gets angry, and then also side plot is that Anne, the sister's husband, is a bum. We never really get much details on what that exactly means. Just he gets he called a bum. He seems to go repeatedly. out late and not be good with money, but that's all, and like not do anything. Yeah, he just. But it, they tell us he's a bum for most of the movie, and then only show evidence of this after, like saying he's a bum like seven times. Yeah, and like it's unclear. I don't think it, I don't think it's anything concrete. Like he's not cheating on her or anything. He just no. He's just a piece of shit. Like he just lays around the house and doesn't do anything and doesn't help out at all anywhere all day. So he's just kind of... Even though they have kids. Yeah, he's just vaguely shitty. Which, I know, some people are just shitty. And you should break up with them. Yeah, but there's this whole side plot, just real quick, where uh, she realizes her lawn is dead and happy people have living lawns. So then she waters her lawn until she's happy and then kicks out her husband and gets together with a new guy at Jenny's wedding. That's the plot. That's the whole plot. And she brings up this grass metaphor like eight times. And then she falls in love with a guy at Jenny's wedding like a day after leaving her husband because he understands her grass metaphor and her husband didn't. Yes. Uh, it's her, amazing. Her incredibly obtuse grass metaphor. Just marry the guy who understands your grass. Apparently, obtuse metaphors are the way to find love. So yeah, that happens. And then she's like, Anne, be my maid of honor. So then Anne's not upset anymore. Uh, and then she tells her brother that she's gay and her brother's like, yeah, it's kind of obvious. I'm totally cool with it. Why didn't you tell me? Yeah, like I've known since high school, or at least suspected since high school. Like it's 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 pretty obvious. I don't know why you are making a big deal out of it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Let's just shorten it. Her mom comes around to her being gay. Yeah, her mom comes around to her being gay because there's a scene at a at a funeral for their neighbor who never shows up. Where yeah, for a second I thought it was a funeral for the dead grass. I'm gonna be honest. I know there's a funeral for her neighbor where Jenny is like, like comes out to their friends, like their parents' friends, at the funeral, and it isn't even like a big deal. It's just like, oh, you brought your roommate, and she's like, oh, she's not actually my roommate. She's my fiance. Uh, and then her dad is like, you're embarrassing me and causing a scene by being gay. Also, who wears the penis? Also, yeah. Also, like gets into that <sighs> again. I don't know. I don't know firsthand what is and isn't realistic. And I know that one of the stereotypical things that, you know, ignorant straight people say about gay couples is, oh, but who's the man and who's the woman? woman? Right. And I am sure that that is a stereotype because some people actually do say and think that. 
But at the same time, it's just this weirdly shoehorned in like, I don't understand, Jenny. I don't know what you do in bed. At a funeral? It's really weird. And like, that's the only thing that he has to say about it, which like, okay, fine. It's one thing that is supposed to show how alien gayness is to him because he's never had to confront it because he is an uptight conservative Catholic yeah, guy. Let's, let's, let's point out, uh, like, I don't even know if it's Catholicism. It wasn't clear. According to the but Wikipedia page, again, it is. Okay, this is another week of unclear sex, like pro or sex with uh with Paige that it just wasn't clear it was Catholicism. But like these are not people who like don't like there are people who don't believe that it is morally right to be gay or to be sexually active in a gay person or be in a committed really that all exists. These are people who have never heard of the concept of gayness in their lives. Yeah. Because it, when she comes out as gay, they're like, I don't understand what it, what is gayness. What is loving a lady? Yeah, I don't get it. I just, I don't understand. I don't understand what's happening. It's like, it's not even like, I am opposed to this. It is, I have no idea what's going on. I, I can't even conceive of what lesbians are. What? I've never heard that <laughs> word before. Oh, are you secretly from the island of Lesbos? Yeah, so... It, it's very strange. So then the thing that Once makes again, her mom... it is a bad Christian movie where, like, the guy's like, I'm an atheist because I don't believe that Christians can be good people. I'm an atheist because I don't know what God is because the secular people wouldn't tell me. These people don't know what a gay person is. Yeah. Like, this is the same level of depth. Yeah, so then... Her, so Jenny's mom comes around when she hears the neighbor that got come out to at the at the funeral gossiping with somebody else about how they must have dropped the ball somewhere as parents because, you know, you know, we I know that we weren't perfect parents, but our daughter didn't turn out like that. And she ends up going off at her friends. The mom does about how, like, yeah, your daughter's gotten knocked up like five times from five different dudes and your daughter's married to a horrible bum who treats her like crap, but my daughter just wants to marry the person that she loves, and that makes her bad and worse than you? Like, fuck that. And she storms out, and she goes and makes up with Jenny, and it's great. And then she tells her that she knows of a perfect wedding dress, and she wants to go wedding shopping together, which is what Jenny wanted. But then it's never, like, they never show them wedding shopping, to, like, wedding dress no, shopping No, and Jenny together. wears the dress that she tried on in the scene before that, so that thread didn't go anywhere. No. Nope. Uh, and then her dad is like, I'm oh, still not okay and, with uh, it. I'm sorry, Winskit, I have to I have to point out here real quick. Uh-huh. Uh, also in this scene, while she's reuniting and hugging with her mom, was one of two really awkward shoehorned-in uses of the Mary Lambert song, She Keeps Me Warm, the one that Macklemore used in Same Love. Uh, and so the the overlay is a woman talking about her lover and how she keeps her warm at night and how pure and sweet their love is. Yeah, yeah, that's and, that's the, you know, I can't change, can't change. even if yeah, I tried like, that bit. Right, it's that one, and she's specifically singing the parts where it's like, my love, my love, my love, she keeps me warm. That part over Jenny hugging her mom, which felt weirdly incest -y. Yeah, that was weird. Um, they kept repeating that place, and they held it for so long. So then everyone's going to the wedding and Jenny's Except dad's their dad. Yeah, Jenny's dad's friend who is Yeah, the dad is still not on board. The mom was like, "Let's go together." And he's like, "No." Yeah, so everyone's going except Jenny's dad. And then Jenny's dad's friend who's the husband of the woman who got freaked out out of the grocery store and they've been 
friends since they were in first grade and they fight fires together, comes over and is like, hey, I didn't believe in gay people, but then Jenny made me believe in gay people, even though Jenny and I have had one five-second interaction in this entire movie. And so yeah, that's a big theme here. We're we're guys, and because we're guys, we don't talk about our feelings because feelings are icky. But sometimes when you get hurt, you shrink in because we're guys. Toxic masculinity. And so but then I want to dig out. And so then Jenny's dad is like, but I, I have immediately reversed my opinion. I want to walk Jenny down the aisle. And so they get married and everybody dances at the wedding. The end. That's the movie. That's the movie. Um, This was an hour and a half long. Yeah, no, this is shorter than some of our descriptions of episodes of Gilmore Girls because there was so little happening. Um, And the thing is, like, the the big sin of this movie, other than the fact that no one talks like a human being and none of the characters are believable in the slightest, is that they spend time on the weirdest things. Yeah, the, the pacing is just all kinds of jank. Everything is slow... And things are repeated multiple times, but at the same time, you don't get important scenes like any establishment of any of the relationships. Like, I was sold on this movie because I was told that Katherine Heigl and Alexis Bledel as partners have absolutely zero chemistry, which is true. But that's soft-selling it because nobody in this movie has chemistry with anyone else. Not even romantic chemistry. You do not believe that these people have done anything but show up and read a script. Yeah, there's just, there's no energy in any of the scenes. We have no establishment of these people's relationship. Like, we have no establishment of what Kitty and, and Jenny's relationship is like. We're told that she's out everywhere except for with her parents and her family, but we never see her friends until the wedding. We don't really see any of the sibling conflict that's set up. Like, you said it best when we were watching it that this movie feels like the payoff for setup we never got. Yeah, every single scene is a payoff scene, but that doesn't work if you didn't have any buildup. And it's really weird because it's a movie where people directly say what their intentions are like they will just flat out tell you what they're thinking yeah everyone just says what they're feeling it's a very tell not show kind of movie but at the same time you don't understand what their motivations are in the slightest uh like in the beginning of the movie when jenny's mom is telling her to lie about her sexuality her, her husband's like well aren't you lying too why are you so mad about jenny lying when you're telling jenny to lie and she's like it's different and then yeah, he seemed like okay. he was the one who took it the best out of the two. Right. But then and just like, a switch can... flips halfway through the movie and suddenly they flip-flop, which, like, I can understand the arc they're going for of Jenny's mom freaks out at first but comes around, whereas Jenny's dad is quiet and internalizes it and just tries to pretend it isn't happening and then kind of implodes, but... That it doesn't didn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work if you don't actually show any of that, and they don't. Well, and they just even like one of the scenes is at a funeral. Why is it at a funeral for a neighbor that we've never heard of? I think the point is that Jenny would come to a funeral even if she's angry at her parents, but because this person was so important to her, except that this neighbor hadn't appeared in the movie, and so we don't care that they're dead. And moreover, I would be more torn movie, up about the grass funeral. Earlier in the movie, they make a point of talking about how Thanksgiving is coming up, and that was always Jenny's favorite holiday. 
And now Jenny's having it alone and making her own turkey. And then we don't see that. We don't see Thanksgiving. I don't know why that line was there. Like that would have been a great scene to have to introduce Jenny's friends and see what she's like in in, in an environment where she's comfortable being herself and where she and Kitty are comfortable being a couple. Especially since in queer communities, found family, like friends as family because your family has rejected you, is an incredibly important theme. It's not necessarily what everyone's experience is like, but it, it is at least in my understanding, incredibly common as a need to have. Yeah, and like having... uh, And Friendsgiving is a thing. And you could, and then you could play that off, like you could, you could do some like dramatic foil stuff of maybe have them have a friend who is gay and whose family just completely cut them off as soon as they come out. And then that can be a manifestation of Jenny's fears of like, what if they're going to do the same thing like they did to my friend? Or even just... It gives Kitty and Jenny a chance. Like, if you have Kitty talk to someone else about how Kitty feels about this, it might make her noping out every time there's a serious conversation feel better instead of just Jenny telling us repeatedly that she loves Kitty and she's so happy with Kitty and Kitty's the best thing that ever happened to her. Despite seeing nothing. Every single person in this movie is horrible. Every single person. There is not one single likable person Saint in Jenny, this entire who movie. Is a social worker, and her only flaw is that she can't stand to break her parents' heart by coming out because she works with the difficult kids and she's just a saint. Jenny is the only person in this movie who isn't outwardly terrible. But, but it's frustrating that she doesn't feel like a person. Yeah, she tops out at neutral, like she's there. The pro- when the protagonist of your movie, I could not tell you a single one of her character traits. She's she's gay. I could tell you that. She cleans glasses and takes care of them. Yeah, yeah. When she's angry, she can't open crackers right. I don't know. Yeah, but like uh, Kitty constantly nopes out of anything difficult with this person who is supposedly her loving partner of five years that she wants to marry. She's the most unsupportive partner I've ever seen, right? That's not true. We're watching Gilmore Girls right now. She is a very unsupportive partner. But she is, like, we see more of her being a bad partner than we see of the bum husband being a bad partner. Yeah. Uh, the dad is, like, the both of the parents are just nasty, horrible homophobes, and the movie doesn't adequately do anything to redeem them. They both suck, and I hate them. Uh, the firefighters in this movie, you'd think you could trust firefighters, but they're all homophobic and hate cats. Yeah, there's a weird scene early on, like... Where they're, yeah, where they're laughing about, you know, like, they had two women who they call a slur for lesbians. The word is not always a slur, it has been reclaimed, but I don't want to use it because they were using it like a slur, so I feel uncomfortable doing it. Yeah. Uh, but they were calling, you know, these women a slur and then laughing about how they were like, my baby, my baby. And then all that was up there was a dead cat. And it's like the cat was dead. The cat died in a fire. And this is your fun jokey time. Right? Like, I... I Good job, you're terrible firefighters. Yeah, what? And yeah, and then like, that's the thing. It's an early scene where then the dad is like, don't call them that. Like... Don't call them that. They're people. You shouldn't call them that word. And so it's like, oh, okay, so the dad's coming around, but then the dad ends up being the longest holdout. Nothing in this movie is consistent. Yeah, like the thing is, like the inconsistencies could work if they've spent any time on them, but they don't. I would have loved, you know, any time with the brother 
both of the like parents' friends say that Jenny's like a daughter to them, but we never see them with Jenny except in that five second scene in the funeral where we don't really get a feel for who they are. But also this movie has a lot of weird, really tortured metaphors, like the grass, but even like in the scene where the mom is saying she can't accept Jenny, she's like, I'm not like you. I need dances with steps. I need to know all the steps. That's why I love conga lines. And in a scene that could have been really good in a better movie, Jenny says to her, like, I like knowing the steps too. Like, I, you know, it's not even like I don't, you know, like I wouldn't have chosen to be gay because I don't think that's what how Jenny feels. But like, just because I'm gay doesn't mean I'm not like you. I like knowing the rules. I like systems. I'm a very ordered, like she is a lawful good person, to put it in D&D alignments. And that doesn't change just because I'm a lesbian. Yeah, and she also is feeling a little bit adrift because she doesn't know the steps to this either. Yeah, like, this and that's coming fair. out to her parents is new. That would be really sweet, but it's just this weird tortured scene where her mom keeps saying how much she loves conga Yeah, lines. they stay on the conga thing for a really long time. <laughs> they stay on it for a really long time, and then they cap the movie with everyone doing the conga. That's What they're trying to do there is, like, in the movie, say anything. One of the characters is very afraid of planes. And, uh, you know, he's leaving on a plane with his girlfriend to go with her to Europe. And this is the big scene of him taking a stand and doing something for his girlfriend, even though he's... A or no, she's afraid of playing. It's been a while. But he says to her, you know, once you get through the first five minutes and the, no you know, the seatbelt light goes off, everything will be fine. And the seatbelt light goes off at the end of the movie. And you know that not only is the flight fine, their relationship is fine. They're trying to do that with the conga line, but they are too incompetent. Well, because the movie, this movie... (laughs) She actually yells, I love the conga line! See, that was the only genuine moment of acting in the entire movie, though. (laughs) That's true. Like, I liked that. That actually made me laugh. That was the only genuine moment of acting in the entire movie. This movie has good ideas, because, like, I I, I do... I want to talk a little bit about, like what this movie at least kind of did well, right? Okay, yeah. And this movie did have good ideas. On paper, the arc of, like, each individual arc works on paper for the most part. Like, the sister, right? She's stuck in a shitty marriage. Mm -hmm. And feels like her family's abandoned her, and, like, you know, like, that she's always been the least loved child. Yeah. And then... Her sister comes out as gay, which is something she doesn't quite know how to handle. But then in seeing how happy her sister is with her partner, realizes that just because her marriage is like, quote unquote, the right way she was raised to do things doesn't mean that it's better. And actually her sister doing the quote unquote wrong thing makes her happy and that makes it actually the right thing. And so she needs to do what's actually the right thing for her, even though I would guess from the way their family is about gay people, their family also probably isn't super chill about divorce. They seem weirdly chill about divorce, but yeah. So, I don't know. There's a couple times early in the movie where they're like, yeah, she's married to a guy like, what's his name, but what are you gonna do? Yeah. Like, nobody talks about how she should leave him. They're just like, you know how it is being married to a guy like Frankie. Like, they act like she's stuck with him. Right. But when, like, there's no discussion of it being a problem when she divorces him. There's no, like... Because there's a million scenes missing from this movie. That's, I'm not gonna, you know... 
Fair. So like that arc on paper is solid. Like that's that's a movie. That- I could see like even the like happy people don't have dead grass could be interesting. Yeah. But no. But, but no. But like they hammer the dead grass thing home in like four different scenes and then never move on past it. Yep. So like I under I as an intelligent literate viewer understand that the dead grass was a metaphor for the fact that he never helped out with anything around the house. Right, and he let their marriage become dead. And he let their marriage become dead, and so she can't wait for him to fix things. She needs to fix things herself. And in this case, fixing things means cutting him out of her life. Right. I understand that. But in inside of the movie, she literally just only ever talks about the grass to the point where she says, I'm leaving you because the grass is dead. I left him because of the dead grass. I watered the grass and I felt better. So I'm leaving him because he didn't water the grass. And so she literally, she, she genuinely sounds like a crazy, irrational, hysterical woman who kicked her husband out because he didn't water the grass, which is not a fair assessment of her character, but that's definitely what he's going to go tell his friends. Yeah, she was crazy. She kicked me out because I didn't water the grass and they're all going to go bitches be crazy, man. And like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It's just cloying and horrible. Well, and can I call out the word hysterical for a bit? I know I do it every time we mention the word hysterical. Oh, yeah, and I definitely but... used it on purpose. Oh, no, I know you did. I know you were thoughtfully using it, but this movie is crazy sexist. Oh, for sure. Because, once again, in a better executed movie, I could see it, where part of the point of this movie is that people think that Jenny is radical and strange because she's a lesbian, but really, in a lot of ways, she's incredibly traditional. Yeah, she's she's pretty much a straight-laced person. She she's just happens person. to like women. Yeah, she, you know, has a good job helping people. She pays the rent. She is a dutiful daughter to her family. She wants to get married and have kids. Like, there is nothing wrong with any of these things. And the fact that, you know, she is both very traditional and a lesbian is kind of a, you know, cool, interesting tack to take, you know. But the level of, like, limitations for women, even in a context where, you know, there are no men, is really weird. Uh, Like, not only is every conversation about Jenny, about, you know, before she comes out, it's about if she's marrying a man and having kids. After she comes out, it's about how she's marrying a woman and will she have kids? And is that more scandalous? Yes, it is. Definitely. But even aside from that, like, Anne's whole plot is about her husband. When they call out the, like, other women for being garbage, it's because their daughters have garbage husbands and they're, you know, being sluts and having way too many kids. When they discuss all of, like, why to get married, it's only in terms of having kids. Like, Everything is around women, like who women are having sex with and whether they're bearing them babies. Yep. It's so disturbing. Like even like when Anne leaves her husband because he's not taking care of her and her kids, which is fair, she gets with another man before the end credits. Mm -hmm. Like the next day, because, you know, women need someone to take care of them. And this movie makes the generous declaration that women don't need a man to take care of them they just need someone otherwise they're loose and on their own and that's a problem and then how will they have kids because every woman must want kids totally it's it was 
Like, for a movie that's trying real hard to convince you that it's progressive, it is really not with the times. Yeah. Because once again, this was made in 2015. Yeah, like, I, like, okay, I understand that even in 2015, even in 2020, today, there are still families that would flip their shit at one of their kids coming out as gay. And this is not meant to trivialize the pain that those people experience. The the gay people or the families? I mean the gay people. Okay, good, because I will gladly trivialize the families forever. Uh, suck it the fuck up, your kid is gay. But, again, again, as I've said, I feel weird ju- making this judgment call as a straight person. And so any gay people who have had an experience similar to this one, I, you know, please correct me if I'm wrong, but the way that... Th- that these people reacted to it felt very, I've said it before, felt very cartoonish. And I think that that right out the gate robs this film of the possible depth it could have had. Yep. Because everything, I 100% believe that everything that Jenny's family said to her in this movie has been said. Absolutely. But I find it harder to believe that's the only thing that's been said. And I find it hard to believe that it's been that shallow, especially because... We don't get the vibe from the family in general that it's not like, uh, well, God's going to burn you in hellfire for being a queer kind of deal, right? Right. There's not, like, despite them being set up in the beginning as a very religious family, religion is very weird, weirdly dealt with, and we can get to that in a minute. Yeah, or even just like they don't... But they don't. They never cite God as a reason. They never cite God as a reason, uh, or very, like, they talk about not having the wedding in a church, that's it. Yeah. And... Just in- and that's because the church won't allow it. Not like, like the only reference is the church won't allow it. Not God is not okay with it. In fact, Jenny like uses that as a chance to say that, according to her, God is okay with it. Yeah, and which more in a second. So religion doesn't get religion isn't a part of it. And just I don't know. They seem like generally pretty. They seem like people who generally have their heads screwed on straight outside of that. Yeah. So they don't seem like ignorant people. And yet, like you said before, they're just people who have literally just don't know the first thing about gay people. Yeah, and I do, like, I, I know I just said more on that, but I do want to talk about Jenny's faith. Yeah, yeah, let's talk really about that. Weird. Let's talk about that 100%, because that was a really weird element in this movie. It's a really weird element in this movie. So I think, like, it's it's like they forgot which angle they're taking on this halfway through, because one angle is... Is it even harder because her family's religious and she's not? She left the church because of their views on gay marriage? Or is it that she is a woman who has come to a different point in her faith where she believes God is affirming of her sexuality? Um, And they switch halfway through because this movie opens with one of her nieces or nephews getting christened or baptized. Uh, I'm not sure which because once again, the faith is really not clear. It's just, you know, I think they use the word baptized. Okay, they use the word baptize. Okay, that makes more sense. I guess they are baptizing the baby so its soul is saved. So yeah, they're baptizing it. Um, And they ask some of the basic questions of, do you renounce the devil and all his works? And she doesn't respond and then asks like, and for one thing, you would have this conversation before you got to the front of the church, but whatever. 
uh, she asks, what if you don't believe in the devil? So it's like, okay. So part of the awkwardness here is that she was raised in the church. She left the church. She doesn't believe in the church, any like what the church teaches anymore. And so it's like, okay, that's just part of who she is. That's totally fine. Yeah, and that's but, that makes sense given her background. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, the the amount of pain that the, you know, American church has caused for gay people, I understand why so many people leave. Um, and she could have other reasons to leave. Once again, the movie never gets into them because it doesn't care. Um, but later in the movie, a couple of times she makes references to how she believes that God is on board with her relationship and at the wedding in her wedding vows she talks about how she is doing this in front of her family and in front of her fiance and in front of god like she obviously believes in god uh-huh and before that when uh they say you know you can't ha- like a church won't accept it she says but god will so like it's very important to her and part of like the picture they're painting of her as a traditional woman you know and a lesbian, like those are two parts of her identity that are peacefully coexisting now, is that she believes in a more traditional, like, Christianity. I'm not, you know what I mean. But like, that she fits the white picket fence, believes in God, has a good job, has kids. She's just also a lesbian. And they, it's really weird that they didn't decide which one they wanted. <laughs> yeah, and like, there's... Oh, in a gold mine of untapped potential there of like oh yeah a character study of a woman who is very straight laced who is very you know straight and narrow likes everything organized orderly uh, you could push it they don't do it in the movie but you could even push it enough to call her uptight uh-huh um and from a very conservative family and so you would think that she would hold a lot of their same views but she's a lesbian and right. then you add the extra wrinkle of, but she she's a lesbian, but she hasn't let that interrupt her faith. And she strongly believes in God and strong, you know, strongly identifies with her faith. And that's very important to her. And so how does this person grapple with these things and figure out where she sits on that spectrum? Because that's something that a lot of people do, especially as more and more churches are becoming affirming of lgbtq people like well and either way like we could have her struggle and try to figure out where she sits with her faith and sexuality or like honestly this is a woman who has been in a committed relationship for five years who's always known that she's gay rest like who's an established adult she's not like a baby she knows what she believes so i could also be completely fine with a woman who doesn't have to grapple with that anymore yeah, but at least go into it. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like, even if they, like, if they didn't have the counterbalance of she doesn't believe in Satan, so it kind of suggests that she doesn't believe in God. Yes, there are people who believe. You know, I understand it's more complicated than that. But if they suggest early on that she, if they didn't have early on suggesting that she didn't have a faith background, and then later she did, if she just had a faith background and that's part of who she is, that's also totally okay. Like, it doesn't necessarily, like, just like every gay story doesn't necessarily have to be a coming out story. Not every religious, like, story where someone's gay and religious has to be one where they're having a deep, dark night of the soul struggling with, can they still believe in God? Yeah, it, it's an interesting story. It just doesn't have to be everyone. Yeah, I I just, uh There's so much stuff in here. There's so much. That could have been 
in the movie, but wasn't. It's a kiddie pool. Like, it's a kiddie pool when it could have been so much more. And I think part of this might be because of the weird way this movie was produced. So, this movie was filmed, and then there was a Kickstarter for its post-production costs. That Kickstarter only made two-thirds of what it was supposed to make. It was like 450000 It made like 93000 Yeah, Yeah, she did Indiegogo to do the post-production. Yeah, the writer-director did. And uh, I don't know if they could have edited together a better movie because this is so flawed at the script level. But uh, I, I, for one thing, I wonder how much of that money went into uh, She Keeps Me Warm as a song, and that's why they used it twice in such shoehorned circumstances. But it also might be why we had so much weird, jaunty music and sad scenes. It just feels like a movie that was bad from the beginning and then didn't have a final polish. I'm done talking about this movie now. You're done talking about this movie now? We've already given this movie 45 minutes of our time, and that's more than it deserves. That's absolutely true. Well, thank you all for joining us. Once again, we watched this terrible movie because of your contributions to the Gohan and Rory Fund. Uh, This fund goes to support various causes that are important to us and hopefully important to you. If you want to find out more about them, go to gilmorebosley.wordpress.com and Click the link for the Gohan and Rory Fund. A link should be in the show notes as well. I hate my life, uh, but hopefully I will hate it less. Next, we are watching a movie where Goku eats a tree and punches harder. Am I understanding correctly? Um, close. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, And then after that, we just announced that we will be watching Bridesmaids, uh, Melissa McCarthy's in it so that counts and we just thought we'd give ourselves something nice for a change yeah i haven't Um, i haven't seen that movie but i've heard it's quite good so so fingers crossed uh and if you want to hear us actually happy and positive for a change then that is something that you can unlock with your donations we also give out rewards for you if altruism isn't your thing uh and more selfish gains like getting to do a next time on for the show uh at the end of the show getting a shout out or recording your own guest episode those are all options. So go to the Gohan and Rory Book Club Fund. Uh, donate if you, that's something you're financially capable of right now. I understand that with COVID, it's not always possible. But thank you for donating, and we'll see you next Saturday. Even if I tried, even if I wanted to. My love, my love, my love, my love. She keeps me warm